Today, there are two million descendants of French-Canadian immigrants living in New England. These are our stories. Welcome to the French-Canadian Legacy Podcast. Venez tous jeunes fils et garçons, je vais vous raconter l'histoire de notre immigration ici au USA, de grands aventuriers de pays étrangers. Bonjour everyone, this is Melody with French Canadian News. We'll start with an article from the culture trip titled 16 Québécois French Phrases That Confuse Americans. Québécois French has some unusual expressions and turns of phrase that can be confusing, even for French speakers of other countries. Check out the article to see if you've heard any of these phrases. Next up, we have an article from France Emmerich titled A Bridge Between Francophone Communities in the Americas. Many Francophone communities have found themselves isolated, even in Canada and parts of New England. So to make these communities feel less alone, the Centre de la Francophonie de Amérique is uniting Francophones in Quebec, New England, Louisiana, the Caribbean, and Brazil. They're even on a mission to create a virtual seminar in February 2021 to promote Francophone businesses. So check out the story to learn more. Next up, we have an article from Juliana LaRue titled, Maine Bicentennial and Canadian Border History. LaRue says, When Maine became the 23rd state to enter the United States, there was no defined border with Canada. In August 1842, a border treaty was signed in Washington, D.C. Check out the article to find out how this affected the Acadians living in northern Maine and New Brunswick. And, of course, we've got another blog post from Patrick Lacroix. He's back with a blog update in Franco News. One of Lacroix's previous posts, Teaching Canada-U.S. Relations in 2020, was shared by Active History Canada. So go check that out, plus find out about new Franco-inspired projects in his post. And now, on to events. On November 11th, from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m., the Franco-American Center in Manchester, New Hampshire will be hosting Teen Preta Parlay. This French conversation group is for teens taking French at the middle school and high school level, or for teens who already speak French and are looking to practice with other French-speaking teens. All levels are welcome to join. You must register for this event by 4 p.m. on November 11th. On November 17th, from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., check out Discussion du Cabet on Franco-American women's future and life-changing events. The focus of this panel is the future of the situation femme Franco-American and how modern women define their lives by their conscious choice of lifestyle. On November 19th, from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., join in for Book Club. Share your favorite Franco-related books for discussion. This event will be hosted by Abby Page. On November 20th from 5 p.m. to 5.30 p.m., join the Franco-American Center once again for their 30th anniversary celebration. Join in for a brief commemoration and toast to FAC's first 30 years, where a special guest will be making an appearance. You must register for this event by 4 p.m. on November 20th. From November 22nd to the 25th, join the FAC for its 2020 Charitable Gaming Partnership with The Brook. Charitable Gaming provides support to the New Hampshire nonprofit community. The FAC will be receiving 35% of gaming proceeds, so join in on the fun while supporting the FAC. That's all I've got for you this time. Thanks for listening. All right, so before we move in to the preview of the upcoming episode, we can't get away from the news without what I consider and what Mike considers to be the biggest news story of the week by far. That is a brand new blog, the blog called Modern Francos. And the person behind that blog is somebody who I'm going to be talking to right now, our very own Melody Kylie. Melody, congratulations on starting the blog. Thank you. So what made you want to start a blog? Um, I had been wanting to start a blog for a few years, but I could never find a topic that inspired me enough to keep it up. I had tried building one several times 
about two years ago. Uh, initially, it was going to be a blog just about life in New Hampshire. That's sure. what I was thinking about about two years ago, because uh, I was still living in Iowa at that time. And I thought, oh, once I get to New Hampshire, I'm going to be doing everything. And I was here for a year and then COVID hit. So, <laughs> that, that, to that, yep. so that idea was just dumped. Um, and I kept thinking of what else could I do? And as I got more involved with the Franco-American community, um, I just thought that would be something I could write about. But I told myself only if I could continue a list of ideas. So I made a Google Doc and I just, every time I had a new idea, whether I was here in my apartment or at work or wherever, I could just type into this Google Doc another idea that I had that I think maybe nobody else had thought of before or my take on something. Um, and so it just, it grew from there because I kept writing down ideas and I had like a page and a half of ideas. That's awesome. And I thought, all right, I think I could make a blog out of this. And then if people are reading it, they could give me ideas of things they want to see. And I figured it would just grow from there. What is the goal for this blog? Well, first of all, what, what kind of blog are we talking about? Are we going to have history articles, opinion articles, current events articles? What is going to set your blog apart? What are we looking for when we get to, to your blog? When I started my list of ideas, I wanted to make it simple and lighthearted, something that wouldn't be intimidating to somebody new who wants to come into the Franco-American, French-Canadian scene, but they're not sure what it's all about yet, or they might be intimidated by the historical articles that are everywhere. And they're great articles, but I remember when I was first digging into this stuff, I was reading about all this history that I didn't know about, and it was a bit intimidating reading these blogs with all this information. Sure. And it was almost like reading, this isn't like a bad comment or anything, it's just, it was almost like reading a textbook. And it was just new to this stuff, it was just a bit intimidating for me and it took me a while to get used to that. So I thought if I were to do a blog, I would want it to be something that anybody could just look at, whether they're new or old to the Franco-American French Canadian community. And they could find something in it that they would enjoy and it wouldn't be too intimidating for somebody that was new. All right. So you called your blog Modern Francos. Why? I am somebody that when I have an account on something, I'll change my username a million times. I can never <laughs> choose a name for anything. So that was another setback for making a blog sooner. I couldn't decide on a name. And I thought if I choose something, I know I'm going to change it about 10 times. And you, and you can't do that. You, right. It's hard to rebrand like that. And I was trying to think of a name. I was writing down post-it note lists of everything that I could think of. And I was trying to think of something with a pun between French and English words. Everything I came up with before just sounded really cringy. So <laughs> I thought, all right, maybe I won't do a blog because I couldn't think of a name. And then so I started trying to think of what I wanted it to be. And I thought I want to have a modern take on the French-Canadian and Franco-American community and what our traditions are about, what our life is about, what kind of food we cook. 
etc. And so I thought, well, why don't I take the name modern? And then I thought, oh, let me get the French spelling of this. It has an E at the end. So you gotta throw Perfect. the E. <laughs> and then of course, so I have my fancy modern right there. And then I thought, well, Franco-American Francos, there we go. So modern Francos. It's, and that was the first one that I thought, okay, I, th I think that one will stick. And I sat on that for a while and then decided that that would be the name. That would work. Modern with the E. I like it. <laughs> Very cool. Now, how often, I mean, what's the goal? Do you have a set number of posts you want to do in a given month? Are you trying to get one once a week? Do you even have kind of something that you're, you're using as a benchmark? Um, at the moment, I'm not sure. I was thinking about that because I have a newsletter set up and I just waited until I had people that were signing up for the newsletter. And if I got a new person, I would send them the first newsletter. And then I was thinking when I could send out another one, um, when I have a new post. So I thought maybe I have three posts up there so far. So I thought, let me let those have their time sure. and then I'll post a new one. Cause I have a bunch of them set up as drafts. I just have to go through, add a little bit more to them, edit them a little bit more and then release them. So I'm thinking maybe twice a month. I'm not sure what would be too much for people or too little. So it's going to be some testing okay. waters a bit. Gotcha. Got to see how it goes as we go. So the most important question, of course, how can people get to your blog? So just go to modern with an E, francos.com. Modern with an E, francos.com. I like it. Very, yeah. very cool. For those of you who have not read anything that Melody has written yet, she's done a couple of things uh, for the My French Canadian Family blog. Her writing style is awesome. Absolutely check it out. She's way, 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 way funny. Her approach is different than anything else you're going to read anywhere else. So I absolutely recommend checking it out. Make it appointment viewing. Must read anytime she comes out with something new. Melody, again, congratulations. Thank you. Okay, so I'm really glad we had the opportunity to talk about Melody's new blog, which is going to be awesome, which actually already is really, really awesome. Please do yourself a favor, check that out. Uh, but as far as the upcoming episode, uh, we got a little bit something different this time. Uh, this summer, I was contacted by actually Dr. Kathleen Stein-Smith to let me know about some French tests, this nationwide French exam that tens of thousands of students take. Super prestigious exam. And she told me that the top score in the entire country was actually from New Hampshire. So I was able to reach out to the principal of the school that this student attends, Keene High School here in Keene, New Hampshire. And the principal was able to get me in touch with that student, Amelia Opsel. And we were actually able to interview her for the podcast. And so you'll be able to hear her story. Super interesting story. Just an incredibly, incredibly impressive person. You hear about how she kind of found French and how she got involved in it and how in a very, very short amount of time, she's been able to achieve just crazy things, just blowing out the, where she's supposed to be just out of the water as she progresses grade over grade over grade. So incredibly impressive person, uh, really fun to talk to. So next week, the winner of the nationwide French exam, Amelia Opsel will be our guest. We have to have a bonus question mm -hmm. for the preview episode. 
and it generally has nothing to do with what we talked about. Oh, again, uh, but the question I have for you is because I'm curious because I don't even know, and it varies wildly depending on where you are in the world. What does school look like for you now? Oh, wow. School is very different this year, like for so many reasons. For one thing, we only go to school two days a week, which is just strange to begin with. <laughs> sure. It's kind of like it's flipped with the weekend now. So I go to school oh, wow. on Thursdays and wait, I go to school on t- Tuesdays and Fridays. And then on the other three days, I just do like homework, basically. And then in school, all like not so they've split our classes in half so that half the kids go on some days, half the kids go on other days. And so classes are a lot smaller. Um, people are wearing masks. It's all very strange. The lunch situation is very depressing. It's just like rows of desks in the cafeteria. Sure. Very antisocial. But um, it is what it is. I'm really happy to be back at school. Yeah, I mean, I guess at least you have the opportunity to be physically in a school a couple of days a week. So a lot of places don't even have that. So what yes, do you do? for sure. Remote you, learning last spring was a mess. Yeah, so what do you do on the days? I mean, first of all, do you have every class those two days? Do you go to see every instructor, every teacher? Or is it like half a class no, on one day, so half a class on the other? other? Yeah, so it depends. Like, I have some classes that are every day of the week are supposed to be. So on both days that I'm in school, I have those classes. And then I have some classes that are every other day. So we only meet once a week. So that's interesting. And on the days that we don't have school, there's just like small assignments we have to do. And then generally there's like long-term assignments that are due like on Fridays, for example. So like last night it was open until 12 doing those because <laughs> it was Friday. <laughs> um, <laughs> naturally, good procrastination there. But so it's really nice because it like gives you flexibility with the days that you're not in school. So for example, like I work on the days I'm not at school at the, at a daycare. So it's nice for that reason, but it definitely is hard to manage your time. It's kind of like a college setup and all of a sudden you have so much time. So you do your homework on Friday night when it's due. (laughs) (laughs) All of it in those like six hours. Now our fathers look at us and sigh with despair To think that everything they love we simply do not share But the spirit never dies, our culture will survive Each of us must choose how much to keep alive Each of us must choose how much to keep alive Special thanks to Josie Vashon for providing the music. You can find more about her at josievashon.com. This podcast was produced and edited by Mike Campbell. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at fclpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at fclpodcast for more information about the topics discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this episode.